Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode. This is a bonus episode this week because some some slaggy bitch has decided to leave the country because she's wanted by the police. Um, she's moving to a certain country called New Zealand on Friday and is unable to record this week. So stepping in for Olivia, I'd like to introduce you to who's been mentioned quite often on the podcast, my younger brother, David. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Hello, Lauren. (laughs) Hi, David. How's your week been? Yeah, it's been all right, actually. Um, Regular listeners of the podcast all know that I'm due to become a dad soon. So I've just been buying loads of stuff and I'm actually off this week. So it's just been trips to Ikea, like not very spooky. Went to B&M the other day there. Just buying stuff and building furniture. If this was a vodcast, you could see like baby stuff lying behind me in the background. But by the way, is your house not just like full of baby stuff now? Every time I, I get a text message from Steph, it's like, here is another delivery of baby things for like, <laughs> <Yeah>. whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm just living that baby life. Um <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's just because we like it's just advice for anybody who's gonna be a parent, is that um the best bit of advice that I got given was like, don't buy everything in the last couple of months. Start buying everything as soon as you know. And so we've been doing that, but we haven't bought like any of the big stuff, like where to put the baby clothes. So you have to sort of go like, so basically you've just got like, I've had like bags of baby clothes sitting around and lying in different places and stuffed into cupboards and stuff. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's quite good because we're actually kind of prepared, but like we only bought like our actual chest of drawers. It's like a giant one for a baby. Well, for a, anyone really I don't babies have exclusive <laughs> access to furniture <laughs> but this was one bought specifically for the baby to have the clothes in so yeah so now everything's actually getting put into its place basically is what I'm saying fantastic so, yeah. and I heard that um I spoke to our mother earlier on very briefly because she has to call me every three hours um she mentioned that she found the sailor suit the cute little cute sailor suit oh yeah right so um to explain this as well to listeners 
Um, there's two pictures of me as a child um, in a little sailor suit. Like my mum just couldn't get away from the nautical theme. <laughs> and uh, my partner absolutely loves these pictures of me in sailor suits. So she's like, got to find out if you still got those sailor suits. And of course we do. Like um, I found them in the loft today. We went digging upstairs and, and found them. And uh, yeah, so there's like two sailor suits. One's a little bit more of a modern sailor suit, I'd say. And then another one's like a good traditional sailor suit. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I don't think my mum's like... I don't think my mum wanted me to be a sailor. I don't think she's ever had that interest. She's probably terrified if I turned around and said, like, mum, I'm joining the Merchant Navy or something. She'd be like, oh, God. <laughs> you should get um, loads of fake medals or whatever, just like the... What I'm going to do is I'm going to buy, like, a sailor suit for, like, myself and then get a picture done with my kid. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, we could just pretend that we we're like a family of sailors and nautical. <laughs> I had a landlord who was like a who had made his money. No, that wasn't even true. I worked for this company, and a person who was a client was like he worked in maritime law. Like that was his thing. Like apparently it's quite oh. a big deal and like a specific kind of law to get into. But he was like in his bio and his like his website or something was just like all this stuff that was like my great great grandfather was a was a maritime lawyer, one of the first, and like was like just for negotiating, like you know, boats coming in and out <laughs> the country. It's like it's quite a complicated world, apparently. Anyway, that's not spooky in the slightest. We should maybe. <laughs> I know. I should, <laughs> I should caveat <laughs> this. <laughs> um. Also, you know, it's been quite a dramatic week as far as obviously external events and things like that. So, um, we're not ignoring the fact that the queen has passed away um but we have a special episode planned for next week um which hopefully everyone will find quite exciting it's a bit more david's not exactly into this kind of thing but um it's um, a wee bit more royal focused but in a spooky way spooky top 10 royal bonnings yeah and i mean i don't mean in a tasteless way like we're going to try and contact the queen but like I mean, in a spooky, spooky, historic way. So look forward to that, people. But um, yeah, God bless the Queen. Um, what was going to say? So David, I guess you're you're not as into ghosts as I am. No, like I suppose again, like I don't want us to become just like the the, the nepotism podcast where we just like talk, <laughs> to, like like the royals uh, talk like about our history and stuff. But like I think growing up, so, Lauren was really into like Ghostbusters, and uh, that's where it started, really, right? Like, I'm not yeah. incorrect in saying that. Well, I think yeah. that's kind of sparked that interest when you're really young. You're really the perfect age for that as well. Well, um, and I have to say, oh, you might not remember this, but let, well, you won't remember it because you're far too young. But I spoke about, this, spoke about this in the first podcast about that house in Lermont in that house where we lived <laughs> um that was that was I don't care what you say that place was super haunted I used to get stuff every night happening and you can say it was like my child eyes or whatever but like every single night and mum said stuff too she was like that little boy that ran in and she saw that guy at the end of her bed which may or may not have been a ghost but there was a guy there um so I mean yeah I think it's stuff like that and then obviously where I live now I mean it's been quite freaky here this morning actually uh, well I don't think did I tell you about it this morning what happened yeah you sent me a voice clip that, that, that was weird waking me up at that time if it happens again tomorrow I'm going to shit myself and move out with the cats under each arm but um 
I don't mind it, but that's why me and Olivia bonded over this type of thing. She's very, she's very into it as well, but you're not as into it. But I appreciate you taking the time to, to do the podcast this week with us. The Nepotism podcast. No, like to, to explain like my interest in stuff of that ilk, I kind of had a passing interest in it, but I don't think like Lauren got really into ghost adventures for a while. Yeah. What was it? Was it what was the other one? Most Haunted? Most Haunted, which we've Yeah, it was Most Haunted was on all the t- we had, like Lauren went for a phase of spending all of her money on the DVDs. All the money before the internet. And yeah, like I've always been interested in kind of that stuff, but I think I probably have a bit more of that that kind of cynicism. I think like you kind of have that, especially when you're like a teenage boy, be like, no, that's dumb. Um, but I got interested later on in more the like the occult and stuff like that. So I'm a little bit more interested in that kind of stuff. And like, kind of went down the path of like, not like I do it for like a full time job or anything, but like I kind of got interested in demonology, Elsa Crowley, and like that kind of like you know talking with the ancients and stuff like that. And yeah. I got really, I'm really into like a conspiracy theory side of things as well. Like I don't necessarily believe in them. I just really like the vibe that I get off of them. <laughs> like, it's like there's a lot of you like a lot of esoteric like YouTube channels you can watch these days and stuff. Like when you're younger, trying to get into that stuff was really impossible because you just had to be into like like you had to like go buy a book on Amazon that cost like a hundred quid mm-hmm. and you just couldn't really be bothered. And there just wasn't like as much like unless you went looking for it, but I never did. Yeah. So um yeah, I'm quite like I'm quasi interested in the supernatural and stuff, but I have never, I was talking to a partner before I came on the pod and I was like, I don't think I've actually had like an, ex- like I was trying to think of like a spooky stuff that's happened to me to start off a story is. And I was like, no, I've never really had that. Like I haven't had like a weird spooky experience where I've been like, that was a ghost. Yeah. Well, if you don't invite it in sometimes or you just choose to ignore it, you don't really, you don't tend to, things don't tend to happen to you. What I like to think is that, like, you know, you're talking about, like, I'm sorry, nearly said it as well, the old house. Mm-hmm. I like to think that, like, stuff was happening, like, cops were floating around me and that, but I just, just <laughs> like, oblivious. Just having, I was just like, all right. It's like a ghost, like, walked up to me and went, like, ooh. And I just looked at him and just was like, mm, you're not Sonic. <laughs> Turned back to my toys. You were a bit, you were a bit older um, at the time, so you must have been at university, but you weren't at home when the weird bell ringing started happening in the middle of the night in the old house the one before mom and dad moved on no I think I was away at that point I think you were but I'm pretty sure because I spoke to dad about this as well recently and he said that I think he remembers it and mum definitely remembered it that someone <laughs> and I, so I've said this before in the podcast no one in the area that we lived in was going to hike all the way down our driveway chapped or run us and then bolt off at 2am in the morning like that happened loads of times it was like someone came on the the pa- they came on the porch and then rang the bell and then I remember dad getting up a couple of times and he would, there'd be no no one there and I looked out the window and no, I couldn't see anyone no one was running off and it was quite well lit our driveway and stuff so <laughs> like must, I was like, ghost. it must have been that or whatever, or something weird, or a weirdo or whatever. But either way, like a, a fox on stilts, <laughs> a fox on stilts coming up, yeah. But like, um, anyway, you missed all that. But yeah, so we were trying to decide what we're going to do for an episode because I had episodes planned to do with um, Olivia, but we're going to save them for the next couple of weeks and just as well because I hadn't quite researched them in time for this week. So I was like, mm, that's good. So we thought perhaps let's talk about. 
spooky films i think david suggested but the thing is the the rule is for us we don't like just any sort of horror films it has to be to do with like ghosts and things like that so we suggested two films to do um however we've narrowed it down because i watched one of the films suggested today which has got the american gr- the grudge which by the way i doing research today i realized there's actually like four grudge films which i didn't know oh yeah <laughs> so I was unaware of this, but I mean, I have to say, comparatively to the Japanese original, um, The Grudge with Buffy the Vampire Slayer is absolute dog shit. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's got scary parts, but I was like, there's one, one scene in particular where I was like, ooh, um, but most of it is just crap. And it's just like, it's just Buffy like looking at paper and looking suspicious, looking at a wall, looking suspicious. Like, do you know what I mean? Then she ends up yeah. hostile. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> just looking really concerned for an hour and a half. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know why I suggested that. I think I've been wanting to watch like the Japanese one and mm. I sort of wanted an excuse to watch it. So well, what, what, the other film that we landed on? Well, we could have done the Japanese one, but I'm too fucking lazy these days to actually read the subtitles. And I, probably, <laughs> <laughs> I would have been like, nah. Um, So we decided to do, and I have to say, this is, I will be, I'll be honest, this is probably one of my top 10 films. I love it. I do think it, and you probably, you're quite snobby compared to me, but I think it's a proper masterful film. And I think it's incredibly well done. It's probably from one of my favourite directors as well, and producers, sorry. Um, we decided to do The Others, and in Spanish, it's called Los Otros, I think. Um, so I'll give a brief introduction. I'm pretty sure most of our listeners have seen it or at least heard of it. But um, it's um, it's an English language film, but it's in the style of the Spanish Gothic, supernatural, psychological sort of horror stuff. Um, the film was written, directed and scored, talk about multi-talented, by Alejandro Amandabar. Did I say that properly? Yes, I have I've consulted my Spanish. Sorry, David is fluent in Spanish, so he's approved that. Yes, yes, um, yes. It's um it's 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 a real it's a fantastic sort of it's a 1920s um period setting of uh it's a it's a ghost tale essentially. Um but you didn't actually like well, we'll get to it when we're talking about it and stuff, but it's it's an excellent film. It was, um, I can't believe how old it is. It's actually 20 years old as well, which is unbelievable because I was like, I think I was in the end of high school when it came out. And I remember going to see it in the films and being like, you know, that shot myself at that. <laughs> like, all the way through. Um, unfortunately, problematically, it was produced by um, Harvey Weinstein. And, um, you know, obviously he's gone down in history as being an awful bastard. Yeah. I was weirdly when I was looking at the credits is when I realized that, but his name's not on it. But maybe they've like redone it. But like, what was his brother? His brother Rob Weinstein, is that it? Aye, there was definitely brought a Weinstein. to you by your friends at the Weinstein Company. <laughs> like, oh, right, yeah, yeah. Um, aye, so it just said Rob. So I don't know if Rob's like, you know, not been culled yeah. in the annuals of history. I don't think I think I think he was uh, I don't think he's been pulled to the forefront of anything so he he might be alright to keep on it but um yeah it's um it's inspired by um a few different films and stuff like that um th- namely the, the innocence the haunting um and it's I think it's and I read the turn of the screw um when I was quite young <laughs> and when I say read I 
probably just looked at it <laughs> you know <laughs> um, but it's inspired by um turn of the screw which is a tale about um to um a governess and two children that kind of like basically it, you don't know whether the governance the governess sorry is actually seeing ghosts or seeing things or whether the children are manipulating her so it's got, got a bit of that in it as well it's it's a, it's a fantastic um it's a fantastic book and, and i think there's lots of adaptations of it as well but the, you can see a lot of inspiration in the in the others as well through this um sorry david you're going to say something there no um i guess like just in case you haven't seen it the plot is fairly simple it's basically um set i think just after the second world war supposed to be it Mm -hmm. and it's supposed to be in jersey um which was so they i was really confused when i was watching it because i was going she was going like talking about the invasion and then she was talking about like but i was like how did you get invaded and her husband's like fighting against the the nazis but like it kind of turned out that was actually jersey which was invaded uh because it's actually in jersey is it like a Channel Island place? That's yep. correct, right? Yeah, it's, it's closer so, to um, France than it does us, but it's a British Isle. Or it's a, yeah. one of our islands. Aye, one of our islands. One of the, oh, no, I was going to say the Queen. One of the King's Islands. Oh, um, and uh, yeah, so it's basically like Nicole Kidman playing as the, the mother uh, with two small children who are what are they called? Oh, what are the kids' names again? Is that? And, um, and oh god what's the wee boy I, do you know what i didn't i actually didn't write his name down earlier because i was thinking i just kept being like oh the wee cute boy but what is his name in it again boy. and a wee vamp though i can't stand her um <laughs> we're, we're well, it's, fu- it's <laughs> funny so so basically mother two kids Nicholas. and she employs three new sort of like servants to work in the in the house which is like they've just bought they've kind of just bought and moved into so um i think they've lived there for a while actually but that is that is one the confusing thing because the thing is it makes all these like hints throughout the film and it's like you're kind of trying to put the puzzle together and it doesn't really make sense until the actual the plot twist at the end but i remember thinking when the when the three people turned up like the um the woman that doesn't say fuck all um the wee irish mammy and um Eric Sykes <laughs> um, turn up. Um, I was like, "What they what they turn up for?" Because no one the ending in that. Are they, are they just like spoiler warning? By the way, so if you don't, if you haven't seen the others, like didn't listen to this episode, but basically, <laughs> it turns out the end that pretty much fucking everybody is a ghost. <laughs> yeah, but um, but basically, I was like, "What are they working for free for?" Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she's a rude bitch there. <laughs> I know. I, I want to bring this up later. Where, you know, oh, when it's like, what was it? Like, there's that whole thing of like, okay, so I understand that this is truly for the end of the podcast, really, but I can understand that Nicole Kidman's like dead, right? Mm-hmm. And like, that's, and, but she doesn't like quite accept that she's dead. But then, you know, what's the caretakers? Do they just love cleaning big hoosies? <laughs> Well, they just love being told off by upper class English women. Like, is that the deal? Yeah. Like, well, I don't know. Do you want to finish off telling the plot, and then we'll um, and then we'll get into the sort of an- analysis. Well, that's that's basically it. So, three caretakers turn up, um, uh, and spooky things start happening in the house. But one of the things about the the two kids is that they have a very rare condition where they're basically like deadly allergic to sunlight. Um. So Nicole Kidman, in his total normal, like, normal as you would weigh, 
walks through the house, locking each door behind her with like a, a single key for each door, making sure all the curtains are shut so the kids can move their way around the house during the day. And the two kids are obviously quite creepy, pale-looking, ghostly kids. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like in my notes I did write, I was like, why are posh English kids so creepy? <laughs> why is that a thing? Like, I've met a few posh people in my time. I wasn't, I wasn't terrified by them. <laughs> so I, I don't know if like I don't know what it is like I don't know if that's like something from Hollywood that's just got into her head but um the two kids do like I really I think actually the first thing is is like Nicole Kidman's character is like yeah you're right she's on the verge of tears like the entire time and she's like an exasperated posh English woman yeah and like that like immediately makes puts my defenses up and makes me kind of like I really fucking hate this person but like at the same time Nicole's doing a great job of doing that like she plays this kind of like stressed out you know my way is always right kind of like yeah posh person real well that was like peak nicole kidman i have to say over that period i think she won the oscar around about that time for the hours as well so she was it was peak nicole but um peak. The, the the themes of the of the as as well as it being supernatural there's like key themes in the in the around the film which is about like isolation like loneliness loss and paranoia um yeah. and obviously because later on in the film, obviously, as, as you were explaining, um, they think there's ghosts in the house and all this type of stuff. And, they, and she starts to, like, basically hear things. And and the kids, the whole time through the through the plot or through the center of the film, they're talking about this boy, Victor, that the kids that and the younger girl sees and stuff. And she sees, like, the she sees different ghosts or what we think is ghosts throughout the house, including this old woman that she says she's, she's seen 14 times or something. Um, and then... So it gets peak madness, but throughout the film as well, the kids also keep referencing the day that Mummy went mad, mm. and I was like, "Oh, what the what the fuck's that about?" Or whatever, and um, and then you find out eventually at the end, they they it, the quick they discover that like the 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 ghosts are in fact people who are alive later on, much after the war, who have occupied the house, and Nicole Kidman and her kids and. The Irish Mammy <laughs> and the mute girl and Eric Eric Sykes, sorry, are just ghosts that are inhabiting the house. So it's an actual fact it's spun round. And then um, the old woman that the girl sees constantly is actually like a spiritualist medium. So uh, where the family who occupy the house are trying to get in touch with them and stuff like that. So there's lots of kind of like there's a nod to like Victorian spiritualism, which was incredible. Oh, not not Victorian, but spiritualists and, and spiritualist movement over that period as well, which was like all the craze between the Victorian area all the way to like I don't know what would that be the Edwardian area, or I can't even mind all the kings and that. Um, but it's it's really well put together. But in the end, you find out that they're ghosts and they're basically never going to live there. So it's like it's a weird one. <laughs> they're always going to live there. So is that's a weird thing? Are they in purgatory? Or are they? Well, that's an interesting thing. Like that's that's like one of the things that sort of some things fall into place a little bit when you start reading a bit more about who made it. Um, Alejandro uh, was raised Catholic, and mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting. Like Nicole Kidman's character, like is a Catholic and raises the children as Catholic. They talk about baptisms and give the little spooky yeah. kid like a rose, rosemary beads to pray to when he's scared or something like that. Yeah, which I thought was a quite interesting little. Tidbit. It kind of it kind of adds to that, um, like that Catholic guilt 
um, which Nicole's currently going through and she's sort of denying what she's sort of done. And she's also the same and, and, and sort of because she thinks basically what she thinks is she thinks she's been given a second chance after killing her kids. And so there's this whole running that kind of running theme of guilt and paranoia. So she's like doubling down on telling her kids like Bible stories and stuff like that. And like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, there's purgatory. That's where kids go if they're not being baptized. But then at the same time, <laughs> I would call that house okay, like seriously. being stuck there forever. Also, seeing as we're all spoilers at the window, the kids take it really well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I would be pretty raging if my mom had killed me and I was now stuck in this big house where for the rest of life <laughs> with, with, with like free caretakers and you can't leave you can't go to the shops there's too much fog everywhere <laughs> um. well, that's, that's when i mean that see for me watching the film there's a there's a scene in it as well that's really haunting where so nicole kidman's character gets kind of frustrated at something i think she she wants she, she's not received any mail for days and stuff like that and the the original staff that used to work for her before these three people turned up apparently they just left in the night and I think they maybe left in the night before she killed the children. And I think it was one of the things that pushed her over the edge and stuff like that. Anyway, she goes out into the mist and stuff mid, about midway through the film um, and tries to walk to like the local village or whatever. And as she's walking out of the gates and into the, this obviously long drive where it's kind of almost like a woodland area, she gets caught in this like all sort of consuming sort of fog that comes around her that kind of like almost like traps her. And um there's the bit, and this is the bit I can't, I don't really understand. I need to, I don't, maybe there is some biblical reference to this, or there's some, I don't know why, but her husband, who evidently, and you don't really realize that at the time in the film, but she meets her husband, who's been gone for years in the war, in the fog. Um, and then he's basically like, I've come back from the front and all this type of thing. And he, he, he looks deathly. He looks like somebody who's either, got some sort of shell shock or whatever and he's come back and stuff like that but there's something quite there is something missing about him but what I could never understand is so he's obviously dead he's obviously been killed at the front and stuff like that but is he dead is he still alive like what's the uh that's like a thing that I think like it's open to interpretation like is he just like but then it's supposed to be his death that's like pushed her over the edge but I don't know if he he's got like he needs to go haunt like the front a bit in the place in france yeah. <laughs> and he's tied to so but he's just there in his holly bobs i don't know um yeah yeah there's a bit um because <laughs> when he arrives he he seems very depressed and stuff like that he's there like he doesn't seem particularly overjoyed to be with his family um and then something happens so there's a scene there's a scene that happens where so all the way through the keep like Anne, who's the youngest who's the, the daughter sorry talks about this woman that she sees and she says she's scary and things like that which obviously transpires to be this sort of spiritualist medium at the end that's been contacting her like through these sort of like obviously these seances that they have um but there's a scene where she's sat playing in her communion outfit um and uh, Nicole Kidman comes in because she hears her playing and stuff and then she looks down at her and it's like that famous scene where she goes what because it's an old woman that's obviously like taking over her daughter's face and stuff like that and she goes oh what have you done with my daughter? And in her in her daughter's voice, she goes, "What do you mean? Ha ha ha! I am your daughter." And then <laughs> Nicole Kidman goes, 
ape shit and just like attacks her and like and like starts throwing her daughter about accusing her of like where's my daughter where's my daughter <laughs> and then the old irish woman runs yeah. in and she gives it there oh what what the hell is going on here come on now child takes her out and stuff like that <laughs> and um and then afterwards the Anne go, insists on going insane with the father because he's back at this point and i think that's the point where he, she Anne must tell her father that her mother murdered them and that's why they're there and there's like mm. a bit of kind of like because they have a chat afterwards about oh what what do, why did you do that why did you do that to the children kind of thing later on and stuff it's quite right before he shags her I might add by the way <laughs> <laughs> no, I, oh so you killed the children did you get your off <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's all these ectoplasms on the sheet dear what's happened um hi uh, let's talk about there's actually like a few key scary spooky bits in it you covered that one that is like that was a thing from the trailer like that's the thing i remember like like you were like i remember the trailer i think was like that scene this is, is like slow pan it's like but i am your daughter mm-hmm. and then i remember that was like the thing that you're like waiting for when we when we rented it from blockbuster or whatever to watch it again mm-hmm. and then um there's like a few other key scenes that's like the first one which is like the first real point of like something mad's going on mm-hmm. when like she splits the kids up into different rooms so they can study oh, yeah. like and then uh, and not distract each other or whatever and then um so she locks all these doors in between the two of them and then she can hear someone crying mm-hmm. and she thinks it's like just it's nicholas says the wee boy's name's nicholas yeah. and Anne. and then i and we Nicholas and she, she runs through and it goes to nicholas and he's like I was just reading my book, mummy. And then she's like, oh, it must be man. And then she runs through to the next room. And it's sort of like, and there's like, it does that great little setup thing where you know as a viewer that it's not one of the kids. Like, it just doesn't even sound like that. Mm -hmm. But but Nicole Kidman doesn't know. And you're just waiting for something just to come out. So it's actually kind of like, that's like a really, like you're sort of going back to this. I haven't watched it for years and years. And um i actually again forgot how good it was just because it was so scary yeah. and like i was sort of sitting there just like oh, oh fucking hell <laughs> this is getting the best it's, <laughs> it's the subtlety of it isn't it because it's not and it's not like, the, like watching the grudge earlier it was like proper just like and that was a spooky ghost in your face there's a bit in the grudge by the way where literally like sarah michelle geller like sets the place on fire and then the grudge woman is just literally like in her face and then you see sarah michelle geller giving her like you know a team acting and she's like <gasps> and then the ghost just gets further and further into her face i'm like what's gonna happen in this point? You know, like, and then it cuts to her being in a mental ward So the next, so is there any other scenes that you think are more significant? Um, Cover the spooky little girl, run through the house. Did I write down another bit? There was, I think, why is my brain completely falling out my skull? I think the one, I think the, the other bit that spooks me out the most as well is there's a scene where, um, and I think this is, 
and when I, I remember seeing this in cinema, this was like a really, this was really he get put the shitters right up me. Um, the two kids were in the bed, and like for some reason, yes. Yeah, Anne's bothering Nicholas and he's like trying to sleep in that and she's going, what is it? I think the ghost, Victor, keeps, keeps like, she keeps closing the windows, the, the curtains and then you see, and she sat in the bed and then all of a sudden you hear this like, dun, 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 like, like someone running across the floor and they opens the curtains up. Now, I honestly shat myself like watching that. That's one, that's such a, that was such a scary moment. Like, yeah. do you know and so subtle as well. Um, and then that's the point where I think I think she gets Victor to because he puts on this weird voice, or Victor's got a weird voice, and he puts his hand on um, Nicholas's face, face, yeah, and he pure bolts through the house that's, as you would. That's so well done. And then her mum's really got a thing against her daughter, the way she's always like, probably like, "What have you done now, you little slag?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are you doing now, you little bitch? <laughs> I'm sick of you. (laughs) Always showing me up in front of the Irish woman. (laughs) Like, uh, yeah, like there's look, it's just um, like that. Yeah, there's a couple of really clever little thing that I don't know if like maybe I'm just smelling my own farts, but like everything that Nicole Kidman. I love it. Oh, I haven't bothered learning Nicole Kidman's character's name. It's just Nicole Kidman. I think it's it's called Grace. (laughs) whatever whatever um like nicole kidman um when she tells off Anne, Anne tells off nicholas later in the next scene or so to stop doing the same thing mm-hmm. and there's like little little quirks there where it's sort of like you know the mother becoming like the daughter sort of thing um <laughs> <I say. laughs> yeah it was like there's two bits in it, but the one that sticks in my head is that when she's starting to get like angry with her mum and she starts like hyperventilating, like purposely going like, <sighs> oh yeah, and then she's like, don't breathe like that, don't breathe like that. <laughs> it's like you'll go to bed with no no pudding. Yeah, that is mental. But you know what? Also, is a funny motif. I don't know if it's a motif or not. I can't remember what motif is actually. I'm trying to be too clever, but you know how the, <laughs> I'm oh for fuck. Oh, sorry, sorry, I thought I'd cancelled her for a second. You know how Nicole Kidman's character is always carrying a shotgun around the place? <laughs> yeah, that was like a thing in my notes. Like, I literally was like, I like it how when she's, um, when she's like, it's like when she thinks there's someone in the house, like her immediate reaction is like all of us would be to go like get tooled up. Immediately <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> <laughs> like, grabs like a shotgun. And she seems like, she doesn't seem like, what's kind of funny is like, she doesn't seem like she'd be shit with it either. Like she's like probably pretty good with it. Like she's a well, competent shotgun marksman. Is that well, what you'd call she, it? She, she proved that she was because she lost her kids. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't have a pillow though. She's like oh, sneaked up she? on them. Yeah, oh, that's the thing. She's done with a pillow. Oh, that's which is fucking brutal when you think about it. Maybe a shotgun. Unless I'm totally wrong. Nah, it was a pillow. I'm sure she said something that looked like it was a pillow. It's like, yeah. Yeah, I took a pillow. But, like, I'm pretty sure I could fight Nicole Kidman off, even if I was, like, a 12-year-old girl. I could push Nicole Kidman off of me if she was strangling me with her pillow. She's quite wafy, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. She's just, like, a wafy middle-class lady. Like, upper <laughs> middle-class. Like, I could push her away. But, like, the wee boy, you know, like, <laughs> a breeze of wind, mate. I know. Uh, woo! Um, I actually thought that scene was quite funny as well. The scene where um, the wee Victor boys opening the curtains and they're all shitting themselves because um, <laughs> the 
that's another thing I could, you know, when you, you get to the end and you realize that the old Irish woman's a ghost as well, and you're like, <laughs> she comes downstairs and she's dressed in her nightgown with her hair down. <laughs> And she's in her comfies for the evening. Yeah, what here? <laughs> I was trying to sleep and watch the television upstairs. No. I was just catching up on like Bake Off. <laughs> this, this mad bitch is screaming again. Um, oh god. There, um, yeah, like there's there's actually a lot to pick away up here. I, I wrote some one of the things like a note. One of the things I wrote down in a note trying to speak English here. Um. It's like, wouldn't it be great if, like, the girl who was mute, like, the silent girl, was, like, really hot? (laughs) Or she was, like, like a 10 out of 10, like, like, and this is Maddie. She doesn't speak anymore. And then turns to her, it's like Victoria Silva's adairs. That's a nice callback. Like, (laughs) absolutely beautiful. And she's just like, no. Doesn't she's never um, spoke. <laughs> still got her modeling contract for fucking Playboy or whatever. Um, or who's that lassie that does the we talk about her all the time? Um she does this oh she's in a bit of trouble just now, but um she's one of these like sort of you know, these sort of porn star looking podcasters, but she does it with this like guy who's like her brother-in-law now or whatever. What's her name again? It's her that sings, I love you, Jesus. What's she called again? Her she's fucking hilarious. Uh-huh. Anyway, she would be good as well. I'll put it on Instagram who I mean she's like <laughs> she's like a total like porn star. I love you, Jesus. Let me look this up. Oh, her eye. Oh, yeah. She's cancelled like every other week, by the way. <laughs> no, no, she's so, she's so problematic. She even right. said, <laughs> I don't know if you're going to read this out, but she said this week that her new baby that's born was born like last week or whatever is the reincarnation of Elizabeth II. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, yeah. yeah. I saw that on Twitter. Jeez, that's funny shit. <laughs> she, she's a lot. My name as well. I don't want to name drop her because I don't want your podcast getting pure like lawyers coming around. And it's for of early days. It's like getting know. arrested for slander. I don't know. We we mention all the Bravo cast every week, but pretty much, but I see what you mean. But yeah, anyway, we love that. But um yeah, there's a there's loads of really good scenes in it, but there's a few odd scenes as well. I'm like, why is Shannon Knighty coming downstairs? She's a ghost. Um <laughs> but there's the, I love the bit as well where I don't know why they had to do the big reveal as well at the end where they like the, of the they like you know obviously because the the maids and the the all of them died of tuberculosis apparently, um when she reveals at the end after Nicole Kidman's got to p- pure mania, um she's like you'll see we're all fucking dead or whatever and then because she finds the pictures of like the the maid that's another thing as well and it's the the victorian death pictures that they had back in the day who the fuck did that they're like proper like uh now that now that she's dead get her propped up against that chair and we'll take a few memories (laughs) (laughs) i like yeah that was like quite a good like little bit of history like that was like quite educational just like dropped in there like that was just a weird the Victorians just done random weird stuff like putting opium and everything and like <laughs> just having a laugh, I guess. Like, you know, like was it the Victorians? Maybe it was like earlier than that. Like they had to get gin banned because everyone just started drinking gin. There's a called like the gin riots or something. Like they're just like they're just like as much as people are like, uh the Victorians like very like upheld standing people, they were just doing mad shit in their spare time all the time. Like like 
you know, it's but the dead photograph thing is like such an interesting because surely even at the time, the like someone was going, it's a bit odd. Like we should, like, yeah. we've got like this new technology. We can take photographs. Wow, how amazing! What we're going to do with it? Well, Grand's just died. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Let's get a nice photo because she's finally sitting still. <laughs> get a couple of sticks up her and then we'll see, get her propped yeah. up. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's quite uh, so, sorry, David. That was a, that was a smart way of actually. I thought that was a good way of because of revealing because she mm. finds the album much earlier in the film of all these dead people and she goes to the wee woman. Look at all these look at all these pictures they're asleep and she's like no they're not they're dead and she's like oh and then we use that later on as the kind of like oh how she reveals that they're all dead the, the only bit i was a bit like eric sykes is pretty much or mr tufnell or whatever his name is and he's always out in the green like he's always out like shoveling leaves about and stuff like that and it was quite hilarious the big reveal of their graves at the end and she's like oh my god <laughs> yeah. and then there's the the pure drama of you know, when they float through the door at the end and stuff like that, it's like, now we will reveal our true power as gold. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, um, like, you too will have this power. <laughs> like, yeah. But you. only in this house, in the confines of this house. And yeah, there's a really great bit just for the end as well, actually, where, um, remember the, so Anne r- says earlier in the film, Oh, the, the the people who are haunting the house that they think are haunting the house are planning on taking away all the curtains and stuff like that. And yeah. then there's that scene towards the end where like all the curtains are away and stuff, and the kids are like unharmed. Well, well, she drags them through the house and stuff. Like that. I mean, I have to say, as far as ghost films go, I mean, I'm, I reckon this is like one of the, the top ghost films. It's right up there with what's that other um one of his films? It's the, is it the Devil's Backbone? I love that film. Do you remember the Devil's Backbone? That was Guillermo del Toro, right? Oh shit, it was I. So I'm getting my Spanish. Yeah, well, another Spanish director. director. Um, um, but I, that was about the boy in the orphanage that dry, dies in the whale and whatever. But it's all that kind of like, you know, a very subtle horror. It's not in your face kind of thing. Yeah, I think um, maybe the Spanish just have a good grasp of that horror, which is feels quite normal and is traditional like gothic horror, I suppose you'd mm. call it. But it's more just like, oh, a spooky ghost. The thing about I don't like, and actually, yeah, similar thing as well. Is like if you look at like Guillermo del Toro films, is that most of the time, like the bad, the the entity or the ghost is not really a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say person, but sometimes it's a monster. It's not like a bad monster. It's just like the the circumstances of the person experiencing them mm-hmm. see them as a horror. And then eventually the kind of end of it is just like the realization that it's like it's actually not so bad. I don't know if maybe there's like a little bit if if I knew more about Spanish horror or I don't know if that's like maybe even a religious aspect that Catholic thing I don't know mm-hmm. but um I'm not just saying that in a whim as well because Alejandro is like as was a Catholic like he was raised like, like ourselves had a Catholic education and then um but he's like an atheist now or agnostic or something yeah so um I don't know if there's something in there but there's like there's definitely so there's definitely beats that are similar mm-hmm. and feels that kind of um like oh spooky stuff but oh actually quite nice once you get to know them <laughs> i don't know nicole kidman running about with a gun for eternity <laughs> 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 i know <laughs> like, that's the thing like that's the thing like 
that boils boils my brain is like I kind of sit there and I go like but you'd get so bored like eventually you would get like you can't be there for aeons and like there's something like again it's like the caretakers you know they're sort of like you kind of get the feeling that they're there to help them pass to the other side yeah but then at the end the old wifey is like goes says like sometimes we'll see them sometimes we won't but it's like what happens if the house gets demolished (laughs) I know. <laughs> like, what if it gets laid out for like a new motorway, or like, what if it gets turned into like I don't know, like a sex mansion or something? Like, what, what are you gonna do? Like, and like, eventually, the folk are just not gonna move into the haunted house because they're just like, that's the terrible. Sp-. And that, well, let's face it, Jersey. Mm-hmm. Like, it's only folk who are like dodging taxis or whatever who want to live there. So, they're like, <laughs> there's not gonna be that many folk who are put up with a haunted mansion. <laughs> Flatten it and build a complex. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I could get like twenty flats out of that. <laughs> like, um, but I, I've got like the IMDb page up mm-hmm. of trivia if you want to go through it because there's actually yeah. some stuff that I think is is good fodder. Um, like this is so funny. <laughs> I don't know much about Nicole Kidman. Like I'd actually be confident and say I actually Nicole Kidman is so synonymous that I actually I think I don't usually realize when she does anything. You know what I mean? And like it's just like Nicole Kidman originally tried to persuade Alejandro and Aminabar and the Weinstein brothers, our friend, your friends at the Weinstein Corporation, to find another actress for the part. Coming off of the bright and exuberant Moulin Rouge, the actress was initially reluctant to do a film that explored such dark places. Now it's just sort of like, <laughs> like, yes, that's true, but at the same time, like it's Moulin Rouge. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not like I don't quite see that connection to be honest I think isn't your job as an actor just to go and act like yeah. you can't be like I'm not feeling it <laughs> or <laughs> release singles with Robbie Williams remember that oh my god yeah she's done so much and I'm just like I've literally forgotten um to get the kids worked up Alejandro would play scary music when they weren't expecting it which is like so what is this 2002 Mm-hmm. 2001 2000 so like what's that like mambo number five <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like really fucking loud <laughs> we made we played the macarena on repeat the 12 minute version <laughs> yeah. like an r kelly beat or something <laughs> oh wait a minute <laughs> that's back to oh, sure. oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the kids just run out the, the house and that <laughs> They just seem like kids would be really easy to scare. Um, what's the next one? The house was actually in Spain that they recorded in. Oh, yeah, so it was executive produced by Tom Cruise, which marked the last collaboration between him and Nicole Kidman prior to their divorce. Oh, really? Mm, so that's quite... I, I, can't even, I forgot that. I forgot that was a thing. I mean, I mean, I was like 12, 11 at the time. So. Big, big 90s couple. Yeah, that's bizarre. She got out. She she managed to run away in the night. I think he divorced her as well, which is a bit of a shocker. Really? Yeah. Like she's, she's just not coming round to the Scientologist yeah, stuff. Scientologist nonsense or whatever. But I read somewhere else that it was totally like it was Tom Cruise who like like got her the part or like encouraged her to get the part or something. So Well, he must Who knows Hollywood weirdos. Um, it's like one of the most profitable horror films ever made. No wonder, it's a pure belter. Never get tired uh, of watching it. 
Um, oh yeah, so uh, Nicole Kidman actually quit during rehearsals as playing Grace gave her nightmares. Yes. <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't think I'll be doing that. I would love, like, imagine I had a job that I could just quit because I was getting nightmares. I know. It's like, oh, I'm not enjoying this. I'm getting too scared of that bloody ghost. I'm getting too scared of me. <laughs> no, I'm the ghost. I'm the ghost. <laughs> Uh, blah, blah blah blah. God, they went through the the kids. They went. There was like five thousand kids. Um, would you call that word again? Like open casting. Yeah, for the for the role, five thousand kids. They did probably get the two best kids. Fucking hell! By the way, I can be asked. <laughs> <laughs> five thousand acting reels of children. Um, they did, they, to be fair, they did well casting that wee lassie, Anne, because she's very unlikable. <laughs> well, that's th- like, like I said at the beginning, it's like that's what's like is really great is that they're actually kind of really unlikable, yeah. And like, you kind of, I guess you kind of come around to them eventually, but yeah. Also, it was weird, like, I totally forgot it's Christopher Eccleston, like, when he just like, who's the husband who just comes out of the fog, I was like, yeah. there he is. <laughs> The renowned sex symbol, Christopher Eccleston. <laughs> yeah. The man himself. Um, to be fair, he's very believable as a war veteran. Yeah, he looks, he's looks. he got that face that he looks like he would, he's, he's been in some shit. <laughs> he's seen horror. Every day. Like Nicole Kidman. <laughs> uh, what else we got? That's kind of it. Who else? Wait a minute. That was an interesting one. Originally, they wanted Emily Watson for the role of Grace. Jodie Foster and Catherine McCormack, McCormack were also considered. Jodie Foster came Oh, get, get, get. Remember, shut all the doors. Shut all the doors. <laughs> shut all the doors. I can't believe that. Um, yeah, I think that's actually me exhausted this. Uh, cameo, no one gives a shit. In um, <clears throat> it's fine. I think... I, I, the penultimate bit for me in the film that was definitely the um, the seance bit at the end when Keith Allen makes an appearance for some reason. <laughs> the famous British actor and spawner of Lily Allen and Alfie Allen. Um, <laughs> he plays like the, the 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 real human beings that live there. He's like the dad and stuff like that. But like that's a fucking that's a great scene as well when she's doing the the free writing and stuff. And then you know if you know about like if you know anything about seances, they do do a lot of that kind of like, it's like when you close your eyes and you do free writing and stuff like that and the ghosts are supposed to write through you. And it was in, it's a good bit where Nicole Kidman's ghost or whatever gets really, really frustrated and like grabs her hand and it's like, what is it? She shouts at her. She's like, we're still here. We're still here or something like that. And then the woman repeats it over and over again. And I was like, that's such a nice touch as well. Cause that, that happens in seances or supposedly back in the day, you get repetition and stuff like that. So uh, there's just so much research that's been put into this. It's such a well put together piece. Like, um, I would recommend anyone, anyone who likes ghosts and anyone who loves Nicole Kidman running a bit with a gun or whatever to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it genuinely has aged incredibly well, is shot incredibly well. Like mm-hmm. it like really is some masterful cinematic going on that it's just like and and because of the the you know the affliction that the the children have, like that kind of use of darkness and those close-ups and there's even like another really scary scene when she's in the room and all the rooms covered in uh and like dust covers. Like muslin, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're just waiting for like a ghost to come out, and you're just sort of 
does that all really masterfully. It's quite actually it is genuinely a very good film and has is you can watch it on Netflix. <laughs> you can watch it on Netflix. It's it's really it's a, it's a scary one. I actually I did watch it today. I watched it um <laughs> back I watched it on one point five, so it was a bit faster because I was like, I need to see the <laughs> I need to see the end of the Queen going into like whatever whatever she is in London. That I was like, so I was like watching two things, and it was like. Um, I mean, it really just is like, it freaks me out even to watch it now. Because like you, I haven't watched it for many, many years and stuff, or at least a couple of years anyway. I like to watch it once every every few years to make sure that I've seen it again. And um, yeah, it stands the test of time. But it's definitely one of the, the, the scariest ghost films, I think, um, you'll see. That's just so clever. I also like the illustrations at the beginning as well. You know, it has like the book illustrations and stuff where it's like, it tells the tale of the actual like film and stuff as the intro yeah. that's fucking sweet as well <clears throat> yeah that's a good that's a good it's a nice intro yeah because it opens yeah it tells that story and then it shows you like an open shot of the house yeah and then it just cuts to like nicole kidman screaming in bed yeah it's like that's a that's a good intro to your horror film that is a good intro but um in general i think as as a film about ghosts we'd recommend it and uh yeah so david what's your what's your thoughts on uh on the film do you feel that you would recommend it to everyone and it's worth talking about for an hour and a half <laughs> i certainly would <laughs> <laughs> an hour and a half of your life <laughs> an hour and a half of mine an hour and a half of whoever's listening <laughs> no um but on that note i have to say um thank you so much for taking the time to to cover for Olivia this week, David. That's all right. Um, um, thanks for having me. Um, I think we spoke about in the future that we're going to do a bit live investigations, and David's quite good at the old film editing, so he's going to be helping us out with that in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> probably not until bloody well. I'm going to do some investigations myself because Olivia's not going to be back for a year. Although she is coming back at Christmas time, so we're thinking about doing a special Christmas investigation with um one of our fellow podcasters actually. Oh, um, cool. But yeah, yeah. Um, but David, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. Liked having you on the pod and hope to have you back again. Yeah, I'd love to. Excellent. Right, thanks guys. Thanks for tuning in. Remember to listen uh, to us every week because we say um, subscribe to all our social medias and please rate and review um, if you get the chance. Thanks everyone and I'll speak to you soon.